You're listening to the Farmyard Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Farmyard. It's a movement, have you heard? And our Patreon supporters. Episode 39, Be Agriculture, with host Linda Borgie and guest Evan Folds. Well, hello there, everyone. This is Linda Borgie, and I am the founder of Farmyard. It's a movement, have you heard? Well, it's moving. It's moving, and it's moving, and it's moving. Thank God it's all fluid. God, life, there's changes every minute of every day. I mean, I... I've been, I've been flying up and down the East Coast for the last two and a half years. And I am going to land in Verona, New Jersey as my permanent residence in September of this year, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I will be able to be in the company of my grandson for 20 hours a week. It'll just be him and I because, you know, kindergarten's only a half a day and grandmas need to fill in the rest because we don't allow our children just to roam the streets until their parents get off at uh, uh, awful work. So that's pretty exciting for me. And what else is extremely exciting for me is to have this guest on the line and he is waiting in the purple room because that's my favorite color and I have been connected with this young man for about three years now and I just I'm looking forward to him telling you all about his journey and where he is right now which he's landed really on 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 the gold he's got the golden ticket in his hand with his new endeavor and that is called bee agriculture what we think we grow and his name is evan folds and there you go honey bunch the stage is yours you tell everybody all of it the real deal okay Stepping out of the purple room with the golden ticket. That's uh, right, out of the purple room with the golden ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's what a long, strange trip. You know, we've been on a kind of the back end of of my journey there, and you, you've kind of seen some of the iterations of what I'm trying to bring to the world. And uh, I really feel like bee agriculture is, you know, a culmination and uh, of where I've been trying to get the whole time. And as everybody knows, you know, when you, you pursue your passions, it's not a straight line. Um, <laughs> and, and so many things that you learn along the way that become vital tools of, you know, kind of how you want to express yourself. You don't even realize you're training for it. And, um, you know, be agriculture. It's kind of funny. It's, you know, be a part of agriculture, you know, like it or not, you already are. Right. And, and so the impulse to this is not everyone can grow their own food. Uh, and let's help everybody out there who wants to bless Farmyard for that. Um, but, you know, eating is an agricultural act. Um, you know, our buying power really determines the food that we're served. Um, these are very real, functional, tangible things. So that, that's kind of the heart of it. And then from there, we're going to seek to, you know, create information and ways in which people can engage their food system and organize and hopefully lobby uh, even the government on uh, in, in initiating different food policies that really reinforce uh, the ideals of the average person rather than just the corporatism that we're sort of, you know, exposing, exposed to uh, today. Um, 
So, you know, B Agriculture came, you know, has that impulse and it, the name was kind of a, like I was saying a minute ago, really kind of came backwards. I developed the, the platform Bioenergetic Agriculture as a response to my uh, inspiration of biodynamics um, and the consulting that I was doing. And bioenergetics is, you know, the concept of having a physical, mineral, biological, and energetic capacity to a living system. And if we're aware of those platforms, we're not working against them. And so it's kind of the conversation, the way I, I set up the conversation of, you know, where we need to go in the, in the given application and uh, made this logo that was BE Agriculture and just kind of hit me. It was, you know, so it's just kind of an example of you don't even really know where you're going sometimes to get to where you want to be. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited uh, about being able to launch the website and I've start, started to blog material that'll be open source. I am going to do some short videos that have information, some webinar videos uh, that'll be for a small uh, dollar amount that will teach people intensively how to do uh, composting, compost tea, uh, you know, uh, balancing soil, talking about fertilizers, all sorts of different things, water, activated water. Uh, and then I'm planning on doing some longer courses uh, that you can do on your own time and also personal consultations, um, site specific if it, if it warrants it or just uh, remote through Zoom and a recorded call and a follow up report um, and even a, a monthly kind of stipend that gives you uh, perpetual access to me through phone or email uh, on your gardening issues. So that's kind of in a nutshell, the platform that I'm looking to create. And all of these services um, will be at a slightly reduced rate because you're coming from a farm yard perspective. And that will all be put out there on the website so you will all know. I mean, you know, we've got to take a look at different areas. Look, I, I'm very well aware as a mother, as a grandmother, as an adult, right, that we have individuals out there that do not know how to boil an egg nor balance a checkbook so the heck with planting garlic we don't have those skills now what's the very first step in growing anything i mean it's the soil you're not gonna grow food that's going to nourish you if all everything that's needed to nourish you isn't in the vessel where it's growing from. Right, Evan? Isn't that correct? Yeah. You know, if it's not in the soil, it's not in the plant, it's not in the plant, it's not in the people. And, uh, you know, that in a nutshell um, is the deficiencies in the food that we eat. The emptiness of our food has created the same sort of scenario uh, in humanity. And we're seeing that um, across the board. You know, it's, it's, we have no relationship with the soil. Uh, we have no relationship with our food or further away from our food than we've ever been. And, and that's really manifested in a, a lack of relationship in, in humanity. And so, you know, what really stimulated me, and I think it's apt to, to reinforce it uh, in all of this 15 years ago, was reading the agriculture course by uh, Rudolf Steiner. And in the preface, there was a quote, and I, I, every time I get an opportunity to say it, uh, I, I do because it's very powerful. He was asked why people don't take him up on his spiritual insight and, you know, on his guidance uh, in regards to the wisdom that he brought to the world. And its answer was, it's a matter of nutrition. And then he said that food no longer contains the forces people need to bring their will into action. 
And for me, that is uh, just earth shattering. I mean, I, it, it, it's so powerful and I, I see it everywhere and it, it really drives the work that I do because I, I've actually seen the transformation in people when they connect with their food. And, you know, I, I kind of coined a, a, a phrase, personal agriculture, you know, and that's one of the goals of bee agriculture is really to help people develop their personal agriculture. And that, that can look a lot of different ways. It could be some sprouts in the kitchen. It could be a flat of lettuce under a grow light in the kitchen or in a grow room. Uh, it could be a garden in the backyard. It could be a pepper plant in a pot, you know, um, but the, the kind of the mantra is everybody should grow one thing that they consume. And, you know, that connection of actually growing something, the expectation of it maturing, and then the delight of actually ingesting it and, and being nourished by it is uh, is really a, a quintessential human experience that is lacking in the majority of people. So I think if we can bridge that gap in small ways, it only gets bigger uh, and more powerful over time. So now uh, everyone that's listening is uh, well aware of why Farmyard has a soil doctor, and that's exactly what Evan is. He is our soil doctor. So everyone listening will be able to go to the website and order, let's just say, a soil test as an example, right? So that once that order is given, a package of information is going to go out to you with specific instructions on exactly how you are to gather this soil sample. Then you will send that off to the laboratory. The laboratory will, will, will test all of the, are they minerals? Minerals, right? Evan. Uh, that's, a, that's an easy word. I mean, it, it's it gets a little uh, specific, but they're actually elements. Elements. That's the correct. Essential elements. Um, and there's 17, 17 of them? Yeah, give or take. Um, yeah, there, there's essential elements, and then there's you know macronutrients, micronutrients, and trace elements. And the macro and the micronutrients are tested for. And then the trace elements um, are really off the radar, but maybe – equally as important. They might not be vital for the growth of the crop, but they're delivering the nutrient density and the diversity of the, that the diet needs in order for the body to, to thrive. I mean, you know, in, in a kind of a rhetorical question format, why would mother nature make an element not needed in the garden? And, you know, here we have big ag using five elements to grow uh, commodities and, and, and food. Um, so we're taking advantage of the soil and we can only do that for so long, and, and it's really the treasure, you know. And so that's, I think, a lot of what we try to get out there as farmyard and bee agriculture is, is really to kind of nurture your soil. It's your savings account. And what you put in, you get out. And, you know, it's really a measurable thing. Well, it really is the country's true asset. I, I recall uh, it's got to be nine or ten years ago when I spoke at a conference at the UN entitled Food, Famine, and the Future of Food Technology. I really do not know why they even invited me to speak because it was nothing but uh, scientists from all over the world heralding the glories of yellow rice or orange rice. I forget what color the rice was, but it was all genetically modified. And I was the very last one to speak. And I got up there with an apple and with a machete and with a cutting board. And I whacked that apple up saying, okay, we're all going to pretend this apple is the earth. All right. So I cut half of it off. Okay. So that's the water. 
that portions the uh, uh, the building cities. When I got down to one thirty second of the apple, and I'm holding up just the skin of that one thirty second piece, I said to everyone, "And this is the topsoil that feeds the world." And not one of you mentioned it because it's just a placeholder for the plant because it's devoid of any life forms. It's just holding that plant in place, which is completely different than rich humus that has, gosh, I mean, it. you know, soil is just very exciting. Really, Evan, just what you could see in rich soil, right? Even if you're just sitting there on a nice warm day and you look at rich soil, just to the naked eye, all the activity that you could see. And that's nothing as compared to under a microscope, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in reality, we'll never figure the soil out. Uh, the best we can do is have faith in it, right? And, right. and it's 5% of bacteria, 10% of fungi are even named and understood based on the rate of discovery. So, um, you know, the, the, the act is of kind of popular science is to rip it all apart identify it, figure it out, try to find the truth in it and, and kind of rip that to shreds. So right. this is why composting in your backyard can be such a powerful, uh, not only experience to kind of see, you know, dead organisms that we kind of take for granted in our waste stream becoming really soil. You know, the compost pile is the gut of the landscape. And if you look out into modern uh, medical research, the importance of the gut biome and the, you know, direct identification of the differences in gut biomes determining certain types of cancers. I mean, it's all documented in peer-reviewed studies and the ways that the experts and the people that, you know, hold the scientific method as, as you know, on high uh, would expect. And, you know, the world hasn't quite woken up to it yet, but it's, it's coming. And so, you know, I, I, I'm actually writing a book called The Food Movement with Dr. Maurice Warness. And, it came out of an experience of us meeting at this. Uh, he was developing a probiotic product and I was at the launch and we were talking and his dialogue about human health was basically the identical story of my dialogue about soil health. And, and it just kind of hit us like a ton of bricks. You know, there's something more here and kind of food is, is right in the middle of that, you know? So the parallels are life, you know? So this, this story is a lot simpler than we've sold ourselves on. And, and I think it's very inspiring at the same time. So uh, you know, I, I look forward to continuing to disseminate information that will inspire people to learn more about this because it not only is it fascinating, but it, it really is a lot simpler than it's been made. Well, that is true uh, to, to a trained to a trained mind. You just have to happen to be an individual that's able to take those complex um, those complex processes right and teach them in a way that is very understandable to the masses, and that's really very important because you know I grew biodynamically uh, for the entire time that I was growing. I mean, it was. My, my son is 32 and he was 10. So 22 years ago is when I was an intern at the Pfeiffer Center Garden uh, learning biodynamics, right? But now there's an awful lot diff of different things that need to be incorporated into what we're thinking about because everyone that has property, everyone that has a house, I mean, we've got this status quo problem situation going on, and that's called a lawn. And the lawn is evil. <laughs> 
It really is evil. It's evil. It's evil. So, right, together, collectively, by digging that up, it's a revolution. Because what are we doing? We are now putting the control of the food back in the hands of the people. Who's the people? You are. And so am I. I totally agree with you. I mean, you made a comment earlier about, um, you know, soil not being referenced at your UN experience. And I had an experience. I remember when Obama was elected and he gave this joint session speech on healthcare to Congress. And the word, and I looked up the transcript the other day because it, it came back to me and not once was the word food mentioned. And that's not necessarily just to pick on Obama. Uh, it's basically consistent throughout the entire realm of politics. And the reality is that the politicians are not the answer. The answer is, is the people and That's consumers great. and our buying power and, you know, literally driving the, the cost of, of um, you know, organics down by buying more of it. Uh, that's how the market works and that's how it will work. And I, I think, you know, 10 years ago, organics was like 1% of the, the food landscape. Um, I think now in some communities, it's higher than others, but it's, it's anywhere from 3 to 4%. And I, I watched this podcast with Dr. Zach Bush yesterday that I, I recommend to Enrich Roll, um, who is a, a famous endurance, endurance athlete. And I'd invite anybody to just to look that up and, and watch it. It's about an hour and 45 minutes long, but I, mean, I could sit here for three hours talking to you about it. But the, one of the things that uh, Dr. Bush said is that based on some leaked um, Monsanto uh, internal dialogue, that if the organic market reaches 16%, they begin to lose their economic foothold. So it, it doesn't have to be a complete uh, tidal wave towards conventional agriculture. It really needs to be a lot less than we might imagine to change everything. Because the reality is when, when the demand for these kinds of things is shown in the market, even the evil players of the market, if you will, uh, are going to change their ways. They sell what people buy. you know. And what they've done is influenced our ability to have access to healthy food. And people have been passive about it. And, you know, what I see is people waking up and people demanding answers. And a lot of that's coming from how sick people are. Um, and, you know, we don't have a choice. So uh, I, I really have a lot of hope in, in how all of this plays out. Because I, I think, you know, in some respects, an illness creates an immune response. And I think what the earth is going to do is, is with the illness that we've kind of passively created, there's going to be a tremendous immune response. And, and that's people waking up to the importance of food. And, you know, what are we doing on this podcast? But but generating that that energy that, you know, we want to inspire other people to do and how many other people are doing these types of things as well. So I actually have a lot of hope on, on how all of this plays out. Oh, yeah, it's it's going to happen. I mean, in the end, we win. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's collectively. That's a collective way. But in between, we farm. And you, and you know when people think it's like a of super sticker. <laughs> you, in, you the know, end, in, in the interim, we farm. That's right. In between, we farm. But you know, people have this idea, uh, and I think that might be it too. This this illusion when you say farming, right? That it's hard work and you're filthy and it's long hours and you don't make any money and on and on and on. When those situations, I'm sure that those situations exist, but they've never existed in my realm of farming. And my realm of farming has been nothing but really 
a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of happiness, a lot of joy, a lot of wonder and mystery. I've gotten more from it than I've given to it. And I've given it everything in the past 20 years. I've given it really my gusto. And that's what we're here to do. So now what Farmer Yard has done, right, is we've, we've created a movement. And now included in this movement, if you, if you listen to the, uh, the podcast just, I think it was three weeks ago, um, about the stellar Cellular application, cellular neighborly application. Now you have a, a, a an application in your hand for neighbors to sell food to neighbors. Five dollars a basket. You choose the size of the basket and how much it goes in it, right? And with this current podcast, you now have the connection to a soil doctor where you're not only going to get a soil your soil tested, but you're going to get a prescription on what is needed to go into your soil. You see, we want you to be successful right from the get-go, don't we, Evan? Oh, yeah, that's, I tell you, you know, I was mentioned in the beginning of our talk here, you know, I had a garden center for 15 years called Progressive Gardens. It's kind of like boot camp of you know, how to break seemingly complicated things down into bite-sized chunks and accessible, <laughs> et cetera. And, uh, you know, one of the things that always jumped out to me and what I took so much time up front to ensure was that people had a successful first experience because, you know, it, it the type of work that, that it takes is real. And to your point, it's extremely uh, validating and you, you do get more out of it than what you put in. But, you know, before you get started, it, it looks like work. You know, I got to go out there and turn the soil and do all these things. And, you know, therapeutic uh, experiences is an understatement. Um, but, you, you know, what? And I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and it's a beach town, more or less. And this very sandy soil, very poor soil conditions, as is any residential lot because it's been disrupted biologically by development and cheap materials are brought in to try to raise the land and level it for development and um but you're not starting from a place of health uh, by default and just you know planting a plant in this kind of soil and expecting it to grow and then when it's not growing the way you want maybe going to the big box store and buying you know some budget fertilizers that are you know fast food for plants you know, you're creating disease and health uh, and pest infestations, and it's really not uh, an equation for a successful experience. And, you know, the number of people that would walk through the door frustrated and the people that were really, you know, committed to it would come in the next season and say, you know what, I, this is not working. And we would just spend the time to talk through it. And, you know, the tagline of be agriculture, what we think we grow. If, if we're imagining that we can feed a plant fast food and then successfully try to kill all of the problems that we've unconsciously created and be successful in the end, um, it's just just not going to happen. So, you know, reimagining that and understanding that the soil is alive, that it's an organism, that it can be grown in its capacity to actually grow food without our influence. I mean, think about a forest. It grows trees with no fertilizer, right? It's because the soil is organized. It's unadulterated. Uh, it's been allowed to mature. Now, you know, I'm not suggesting you can do that in a number of seasons in a landscape, but in a number of seasons, you can absolutely grow the soil's capacity to, to develop a vegetable garden and just water it. 
Most definitely. And in the realm of, uh, quickly, I, I want to retouch the realm of compost, uh, because uh, right now I am currently living in Silver Springs, Maryland, which uh, is actually only eight miles from uh, the White House in Washington, D.C. And this area, I find very interestingly enough, is overrun by rats. And I mean rats. (laughs) This is a residential area, lovely area, you know, lots of neighbors and this and that. And there was a huge, huge, I mean, it was a foot long, the rat that was dead in the backyard and made a rat hole into its burrow underneath the shed. So in situations like that, where if you're in an area that has a a very bad rodent problem, like apparently eight miles from the White House does, what you could do is vermicomposting because those red wigglers, they will eat, what is it, a half a pound of organic material a day and poop and poop and poop. And then you would take those castings and make a beautiful tea and apply that tea to your soil. That's nice and rich now, isn't it, Evan? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a, you can keep a worm farm in, in your kitchen. Uh, it smells like earth. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really have a, a strong odor. Um, but yeah, the worms do all the work. So you know, if you you can also buy a compost bin that that's encapsulated. That's one of really the only reasons I would suggest somebody buy a compost bin that you can tumble and turn and there's a convenience there, but you know, it's properly inoculated with microbes. You don't have to turn a compost, but one of the main reasons that people buy those bins is to, to keep it away from any kind of vermin or, or dogs, or uh, maybe they have a homeowner's association that doesn't allow open composting. So there's, there's always a way, but yeah, your suggestion of a worm farm there is a good one. Worms are a lot of fun. And, uh, I believe it is going to be next week's um, next week's podcast is going to be Evan as well, and we're talking about uh, soil health. It might be the week after. I'm not sure, but in the uh, within the next few weeks, uh, Evan's going to be talking about microbes and soil health and all that jazz. We are definitely looking forward to your coursework, Evan. Oh well, thank you, thank you. It's great to be here, and you know. Check out the website at beagriculture, beagriculture.com, and uh, reach out if you have a question about the platform I'm trying to create it. It's going to be a, a living document and probably change over time, um, but I, I, I definitely am inspired to help anybody who wants to grow their own food or be more involved in the food system, so uh, appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming on, Evan. Thanks again, sweetie, and mm. thank you to all our listeners. Thanks so much for listening. I mean, I know you're getting so much out of all of this because, honest to God, I am. I mean, and at the age of 63, my grandmother taught me when I was very young that if you could learn something new every day, consider yourself lucky. And being a podcaster, I get to, you know, I just get to do that. I get to learn something new every day. I'm always like Sherlock Holmes, like an investigator, like a clearinghouse of important information when it comes to food and water, because after all, food and water, everyone, every day. That's a thought, right? Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Food and water, everyone, every day. And I will leave you with that. 
I will catch you on the flip side, my friends. And until then, go farm that yard. This podcast is community supported. We thank everyone for tuning in. And a special thank you goes out to all our Patreon supporters. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe and share. You can help support us through Farm Yard, all one word, on patreon.com.